taken away from there. And so Petra, it's a very amazing place. Of course, the tomb of Aaron is right in that area. So that was very interesting. And so there's a lot of things that went on. So we'll be able to share something with you. I'll prepare a little bit of a report if you guys would like that. And uh, I'll share that in some other, some other moment. But tonight, today, we're going to concentrate on our topic. I have called it Shabbat Shalom. Okay, so uh, we're going to be talking today about the superiority of the Sabbath. Okay, and uh, one of the best experiences we had was right there in the Sea of Galilee where we received the first Sabbath that I was there because the Jews are still very, very, very uh, keen on, on keeping the Sabbath. They're, they receive the Sabbath in such an amazing way. And so I, I just have a quick uh, video here for you. So this is the, the Kabbalat Shabbat, which means the Sabbath reception. That's what the, the word means, Kabbalat is the reception of the sabbath and you know i learned a lot of stuff from the jews because i think we're very careless on the way we receive the sabbath honestly you know so uh we we, we have to be very careful and 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 acknowledge that we need to do better okay so we were able to 
who participate in the ceremony. Uh, uh, there was a rabbi there in the, in the hotel. Uh, our tour guides, which were Jews, of course, helped us out with this. And so one of the interesting things that they do is they light candles. And it's the mother, the wife, who lights the candle, which means the light that we need in our lives so we can have that Sabbath peace, that Shabbat Shalom. We can have that peace and Sabbath. We need the light of God in our life. And, and so I'll just share this quick video with you. This is the rabbi right there, and that's our tour guide right there, uh, uh, Ofra, uh, an amazing Jew. She knows the history of the places. She knows a lot of the, the customs and the culture. And so just uh, let's, let's look at this real quick. I'll try to hear you. The reason that we uh, lighting uh, candles in Shabbat is because that in Shabbat we're not allowed to use fire. And we want... Today we have electricity, but during the times we didn't have electricity, so we're using this to have light in the house. Shabbat, you have to be in light to be in peace. You because have to have light in your life. In so your life. And also, if you don't have light, so it's, it's easier not to be in peace. When you have light, you have peace. And uh, you cannot use fire during the Shabbat, so we do it before Shabbat. And we take the candles that will be enough time until we go to sleep. el único día que tiene nombre, que es, eh, nos referimos a él como femenino y no es masculino, porque día es masculino, es el Shabbat, que la raíz mm. del Shabbat es sentarse, asentarse o estar de huelga. No se trabaja. Prender fuego en tiempos antiguos era trabajar y duro. Y por eso tenemos las velas. Ahora las velas, por otra parte, cuando nos referimos, hablamos de las velas, la prende la mujer porque dicen que es como los ojos de la novia que iluminan. ¿Okay? Y entonces tenemos la bendición de Shabbat. Ahora, por favor, todas las que quieren prender las velas. Seventy some wives of the pastors that were with us, they lighted the candles. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, of course, the, the man of the house, the husband, he has a blessing for each one of his kids. He has a blessing for his wife. Then he blesses the wine. He blesses the bread. So we're going to see the blessing of the bread here in, the, in this section. This was the other tour guide because we had two buses. So this was the other uh, tour guide. His name is Jacob. And uh, so... Amen. Amen. So us guys were asked to use the, the kippah, and so we asked him, what does that mean? It means that there's no one higher than God, there's no one above God, and only the men use that. So we said, why do only the men use the kippah? 
because the women are more spiritual. They're more religious. We have to be reminded, us guys, that God is above, right? Uh, no one is above him. So with that being said, uh, one of the best experiences we, we had in Israel was keeping the Sabbath. And, and, and it was interesting, as we reviewed the Jewish history, how keeping the Sabbath has not only preserved their identity as a people, it has also preserved them as a people through their struggles because they've gone through so much, so much wars and so much difficulties. And they testify that keeping the Sabbath and being connected to God through the Sabbath has preserved them, not only their identity, but as a people. That's, that's an interesting thing that we Today we're going to talk about the superiority of the Sabbath. And we're going to base it on the creation story. Okay, so we're not going to leave Genesis chapter 1 and 2. So just open your Bibles to Genesis. And we're going to basically show how the Sabbath is superior to all the other days of the week based on three, on three points. The way the Sabbath is presented in the creation story will show us that the Sabbath is above all the other days. Number two, which is also very important, is because the Sabbath, and not mankind, is the crown of creation. A lot of times we have heard that mankind, the sixth day, when God created Adam and Eve, that was the crown of creation. No, today I'm going to show you biblically that the Sabbath is the crown of creation. And number three, we're going to look into the nature and the purpose of the Sabbath, which will also prove to us that the Sabbath is superior to all the other days. So let's go to one real quick, and let's start with verse 1. So it says there, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now listen to this. And the earth was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So it was without form and void. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. So, those are two very important words that you want to underline either in your Bible or in your mind. But these words, we're going to study them very carefully. These two key words, without form, in Hebrew is tohu, tohu, without form. And then we have the second word, which is bohu, which is void. So when we study the way that God created this earth, he had to form because the word, the word was without form, so he had to form spaces and then fill those spaces with inhabitants so it would not be void anymore, okay? So I, I need you to follow me because the, the, the biblical account of creation shows us some very interesting things. I don't know if you guys knew this, but check this out. The first day of creation corresponds to the fourth day, the second to the fifth, and the third to the sixth. In other words... In this side of the, of, the, of the table we have here, God is creating spaces, okay? Here we have days one through three. He is creating spaces in that way, giving form to our earth. And then in, in days four, five, and six, he is filling those spaces so he can get rid of the void. So the first day 
we see God, he created light, but then he also separated the, the light from the darkness. So he actually just created the first day. Okay, so we have there in verses 3 to 5, the first day, light and darkness. So what are the inhabitants of this space that God made? The sun, which was going to dominate in the day, the moon and the stars at night. So we have it on, the, on this side here, the fourth day, the inhabitants of the light and darkness. God created the sun, the moon, the stars, and of course, with that, uh, the day, seasons, and years. And you can find that in verses 14 to 19. So see how God first created a space. And then he filled that space with the first inhabitants that we have here mentioned, the sun, the moon, and the stars. On the second day, he created the firmament. And remember that he, he separated the waters from above and the waters below. He created the atmosphere. And so here in verse 6 and 8, we have the second day where he created the firmament. And the fifth day, so now we have water and we have air. We have a new space that's been created. So what is God going to put in the air? Birds. What is he going to put in the water? Fishes and marine life. So on the fifth day, we see the inhabitants of the air and the water. God created the birds and the fish. That's in verses 20 to 23. So are you following me? God is creating what? Spaces. And then he's filling those spaces so that this world would not be void. Now, look at what else God formed. On the third day, the dry earth. God created and covered the dry earth with vegetation. So now we have the water bodies, or the bodies of water, and we have the dry land, and God put vegetation there. No, so, so he has created another space. Now, how, he's gonna, how is he going to fill that space up? Okay, well, we have it on the sixth day. The inhabitants of the earth... God created the animals and humans, okay? So if you are looking close to this table, you can see how God is creating this in a very intelligent, uh, a, a, a design, uh, very well planned. So he is creating spaces and filling those spaces. So here we have the days that correspond to each other. Now notice that we still don't have the Sabbath there. So what's happening with the Sabbath? Well, this is where we discover that the Sabbath is superior to the other days because on the Sabbath, he did both days. There's not a day that corresponds to the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, he created a space and he filled that space. So let's look at this. On the seventh day, God created holy time, a day blessed and filled with his presence. God finished his work of creation and rested. So notice how on the seventh day, which is superior because he does both things, he creates a space of time, of holy time, and then fills that time with his presence. So that's why I'm saying that, number one, the story of creation tells us about the superiority of the Sabbath. God did both things on the Sabbath. He created what? A space and got rid of of the void so let's just uh go through this one more time he formed a space what was that space a space of time and then he filled that space with what his presence and holiness now like i mentioned before we think and sometimes we've even heard people say that the human beings were the crown of creation wrong because the structure 
of Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, tells us something different. So let's look at the structure, the very structure of Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. So let's go to our Bibles real quick so we can, we can read that. You actually have it there in your bulletin also. So it says there, if you want to follow with me, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day. He sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now, of course, we don't know Hebrew. We, we don't study Hebrew. But we do know that the Old Testament was written in what? In Hebrew. So if we really want to know what the Bible wants to say, sometimes we have to go to the original language in which it was written. So I want you to acknowledge something very important. The Sabbath in these verses is mentioned three times in the Hebrew text. Three times. Every sentence in these verses that we just read consists of seven words. Is that already talking to you? Because you know the, the numbers have a really big symbolic meaning to the Hebrews. Seven is perfection. It's completeness. Okay? So... Each sentence consists of seven words in Hebrew, and the Sabbath is found in the middle of each sentence. It's the fourth word. So, please don't get lost here. This is very important. Anyone that reads Hebrew or understands the Hebrew language knows that this is basically saying that the Sabbath is the most important day of the week. Three sentences, seven words in each sentence, and right in the middle, the fourth word is the Sabbath. So just by the literary structure of the word uh, of, the, of the Genesis 2, verses, three, verses 2 and 3, we can find that this separates the Sabbath from all the other days. So it's not the same as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Sunday, or any other day. It's different. It separates the Sabbath from other days. Now, another very important characteristic of Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3, it, it, it's written in what... Uh, many of you might have read something about this. It's the chiastic structure where it's written where the first part and the last part correspond, the second to the next of the last, and then right in the middle of the verse is the most important part. So, so just uh, follow me here. So A says that God finished his work. So at the beginning of the verse it says that God finished what he had created. At the end it talks again that he finished what he has created. Then the second part of the verse says that God rested from the work he had made. And the next to the last part of the verse says, therefore God rested on the Sabbath from his work. So are, are you understanding what it means, the, the chiastic structure? So the first part corresponds to the last part of the verse. It could be a chapter, it could be a story, it could be a whole book of the Bible, like Jonah. The book of Jonah was written in this form. So the most important part of the book of Jonah is found right in the middle of the book of Jonah. So here we have right in the middle... God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So once again, we're seeing the superiority of the Sabbath among all the other days. So let's just go through this just real quick. So it's in chiastic style, meaning that the most important words, which ones are they? Oh, that God blessed and hallowed or sanctified the Sabbath. He blessed it with his presence. He hallowed or sanctified it. In other words, he consecrated for a holy use. 
So notice how this is making the Sabbath a total different uh, thing, a total different experience. The, the root kadash, which means sanctify. This is the first time that we find something that God sanctifies in the Bible, by the way. The Sabbath. Okay, he blessed the marriage, but he blessed and sanctified the Sabbath. Okay, so you need to understand the importance of this. So here we have, he consecrated the Sabbath for a holy use. That what it was, that's what it means to sanctify something, is to separate it for a holy use. A holy use. No other day receives this blessing. And one theologian says it this way, which for me just blew my mind. It says, Sabbath is a pass in time so that we can be with our king. Oh, that's, that's, that's just mind-blowing. So the Sabbath is a palace in time to be with who? With our king. So notice the superiority of the Sabbath based on the literary structure of Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Now, Let's look into the nature and the purpose of the Sabbath so we can understand how the Sabbath is something totally different and superior to the other days. First of all, it is spiritual. While on the other days he created things that were tangible, on the Sabbath, notice you cannot see the Sabbath, you cannot touch it, but you can experience it. Isn't that amazing? You can experience the Sabbath. Number two, it is a day of companionship with God. When you study the Genesis account, the reason he created the Sabbath is because he created us to have a relationship with him. Okay? So it's a day of comp companionship with God. Number three, it helps to retain the image of God in the human being. Why? Because it, it shows our dependence on God. We acknowledge our creaturehood. We are not gods. That's why... When we keep the Sabbath, it always helps us to keep things in perspective. He is the creator. We are the creatures. Amen. Okay, we are his creation. So the Sabbath retained. It is a special gift to remain in a due relationship with God. We, we have to understand that because of sin, we're always struggling to put God first. The Sabbath helps us to put God first. So it helps us to keep that correct relationship with God. And then, of course, God in his relationship with man offers his companionship as an act of love. So the Sabbath is more than anything else an act of love from God towards us. So this is very, very important. Now, something else about the nature and purpose of the Sabbath. God expects us, because it says that he sanctified it, right? So God expects us to sanctify the Sabbath so that he can sanctify us. In other words, the Sabbath has a key purpose of transforming our life. It has the key purpose of making us better people. Of giving us the opportunity to be more like Jesus. So this is awesome. God expects us to sanctify the Sabbath so that he can sanctify us. Now, keeping the Sabbath, notice this, this is important. The Sabbath, when we keep it, it capacitates us in our daily decisions because we deepen our relationship with God by doing so. So just by making the decision of keeping the Sabbath, this will help us to make other important decisions during Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Every single day of the week, we will be 
better able to make decisions because of the Sabbath experience. Isn't this amazing? And then, Badal, which means separate, we saw that in, the, in Genesis chapter 1, he said he separated the light from the darkness, he separated the, the waters above from the waters below, he separated the land from the water, you know. And so that, that word is very important. Actually, it's used 20 times in the Pentateuch, five times in the creation story. Now, in creation, Badal is telling us about design and intention. When you go through Genesis chapter 1, you see how God had everything very perfectly planned. He had everything well designed. He had a purpose behind everything he did. Well, God also separated, because that's why it said he sanctified it. He separated the Sabbath with design and intention. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking how he wants to sanctify us. He wants to capacitate us in our daily decisions. He wants to help us grow. And so God created the Sabbath with design and intention. So, so far we have mentioned that there's three reasons why the Sabbath is superior. Number one, the way the Sabbath is presented in the creation story is the only day where God created space and filled that space up. It's the only day. All the other days have a day that corresponds. On the Sabbath, he created a space called the Sabbath, a space of time, and he filled it with his presence. Because the Sabbath, not mankind, is the crown of creation. And we study that in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. We can see clearly that the Sabbath, you cannot compare it to any other day. It's a special day. It's a gift. It's a palace in time so we can be with our king. And number three, the nature and purpose of the Sabbath. So we have studied how it's spiritual. It's not something tangible. It's not something you can see or touch, but it's something you can experience. And so we know by the nature of the Sabbath that the Sabbath is different than the other days of the week. Amen. So let's go to the uh, application because that's the most important thing. You know, when, when we preach, it's not about information. It's about transformation. So today we're going to see how we can apply what we just mentioned. Number one, uh, the, the best commentary that I found to prepare the sermon is on Mark chapter 2. So if you want to go to Mark, Mark chapter 2 real quick with me. Mark chapter 2. And we're going to just read those two verses that are there on the, uh, on the screen. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. So based on this commentary, let's see how we can apply what we have learned today. The Sabbath is for what? For our joy and benefit. That's what this commentary is saying. God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be benefited by keeping the Sabbath. So it was created for us, not us for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is a gift. Number two, we need to live the Sabbath, not just keep the Sabbath. That's where we have a lot of issues, brothers and sisters, because we become religious and we forget that it's not just about keeping the Sabbath. It's about living the Sabbath experience, having that deep companionship with God. So let us worship on the Sabbath, the Lord of the Sabbath, and deepen that relationship. 
That's what it's about when we bring our kids to church. You know, sometimes we even have to force our kids to come to church. It's like, get up, you know, and, and we get here, you know, and we've scolded them to death already. And they're like, is this is what the Sabbath is about, you know? And they don't want nothing to do with the Sabbath because it's not a joy and because they forget that it's about worshiping the Lord of the Sabbath. And we see that when we have problems with reverence in the church, something that I did not see in the synagogues over there in Jerusalem. They don't have any issues with irreverence. You know why? Because they know that they're in front of a holy God. They know that God is almighty and that his presence is there. And so the kids know that they're going to worship that awesome God. And so they're not running around. They're not doing all this, 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 this crazy stuff. Okay, so let us worship the Lord of the Sabbath and deepen our relationship with him. And let's remember that the Sabbath without Christ is not Sabbath at all. And for this, I'll just use an example. When, when Jesus died on the cross, the, the religious leaders, they were worried about the bodies being on the cross when the sun went down. Instead of acknowledging that they had crucified the Lord of the Sabbath, and that they needed the Lord of the Sabbath, they were worried about the bodies being on the cross when Sabbath started. So they had their bones broken so they could hasten their death. When they got to Jesus, Jesus was already dead because the prophecy had said that there no, no bones were going to be broken. Okay? But they were worried about the bodies on the, on the cross. They were not worried about Christ. We need to be more worried about having Christ in our experience on Sabbath. And not just going through the moves of coming to church and doing what we do. So it's very important that we remember the Sabbath. But when we remember the Sabbath, we have to have Christ in the center of everything we do on the Sabbath. Okay, last but not least, this is a very important application here. The Bible says that he finished and ended. There, the kala and shanat, each of these verbs are used twice in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. So he says he finished, he ended his creative work. So we have to understand, my people, that that same God that finished and then in his work at creation, he is the one that makes it possible for us to finish and then our work so we can rest like he did. So there's no excuse when you say, I have too many things to do. I can't keep the Sabbath because I have this appointment. I have to go to the doctor. I have to do this. I have to do that. And it's so hard to stop and to end and to finish because we forget that the only one that can help us to stop, to finish, is God. He's the only one that can help us to keep the Sabbath holy. It's not because you have a good desire that's going to make that possible. It's not because you have willingness. It's because God ended. He finished what he had done. And so now he can help us finish what we need to have done so we can keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a wall that protects us from excessive work habits. And this is a blessing because we know the, the, the disease of the 21st century is depression. And depression comes when we forget that God is in control of our lives and that God needs us to take a break. So the Sabbath helps us to not fall into those habits of working seven days a week. A lot of people work seven days. You know that. 
I know a lot of people that work all seven days. No rest. That's going to bring health issues, mental issues, family issues, because they're not taking care of their family. They're working too hard. So the Sabbath protects us. It's a wall of protection so that we don't fall into those bad habits of overworking. And then, of course, we need to enjoy the companionship with God in a special sense. We need to be intentional about that. Acknowledge that that's what the day is for. And please, 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 let us keep the Sabbath in a way that will refresh us for the following week. Where am I going with this? Where am I going with this? Because sometimes as leaders, especially us as leaders, dear elders and pastor, sometimes we overwork on the Sabbath. And we have too much stuff going on on the Sabbath. So when Sunday comes, we're not refreshed. So give me a break. So it's very important that we keep the Sabbath in such a way that it will be a delight. A delight. Isn't that what Isaiah 58 says? That it needs to be a delight? You know that in Hebrew there's 12 words for delight? Each word with a different intensity. Did you guys know that? So if I say that I'm delightful today and I smile at you like this. Sister Faith, I'm delightful today. That's, that's a certain intensity because I did, I did smirk a little bit, right? I, I did smile a little bit. But what if I say, I'm delightful today. Isn't that a different intensity? And what if I say, oh, I'm so happy today. Different intensity. And like the young people say, yes, I'm delightful today. And you see how the intensity grows. And you know the term used in Isaiah that says that the Sabbath needs to be delight is the deepest intensity. It's at level number 12. It's like when you go to the doctor and have the little drawings of how much your pain is, you know, and you have the little picture and say, which one, do, you know, tells me about your pain? Well, God has 12 different emojis about being delightful. And he says, how delightful are you this Sabbath? It needs to be number 12. Because number 12 is only used in the courts of a king when he's in the presence of his subjects, when he's in presence of his people. That's the delightful that God is talking about in Isaiah. So just make sure that we keep the Sabbath in such a way that it will refresh us for the following week. So today I have a, a call. Like I said at the beginning, I think we have to learn a few things from our friends, the Jews, how we receive the Sabbath. Actually, I didn't mention this earlier, but they also dismissed the Sabbath. Did you guys know that? They have a very special ceremony where they dismiss the Sabbath. I'm not going to go through the details this morning, but they not only receive the Sabbath, they dismiss the Sabbath. They receive it with joy. They dismiss it with joy. They have lived the experience. So I think we have to learn a few things. Let's not rush into the Sabbath. Let's take time to receive the Sabbath with our family. Sing some songs. Pray together. Give a blessing to our children, to our wife. What, what, what a wonderful experience that would be. So not only am I encouraging you to receive and dismiss the Sabbath in a more proper manner, I would love it if you would experience the Sabbath blessing like never before. Now that we have understood that the Sabbath is superior for many reasons that I've mentioned this morning, 
And that is the day that God wants to allow us to have a special companionship with him. May we find the way, creative ways, to teach that to our kids. That the Sabbath is a gift. That the Sabbath is a palace in time to be with our king. How many of you would love to experience the Sabbath in a deeper way? How many of you would love to have the blessing of God in a deeper way as you keep the Sabbath? Can you stand up and say, God, I'd love to keep the Sabbath not only holy, not only sanctify it, but I would like to experience it. I would love to have Jesus in my Sabbath, that everything I do in Sabbath will be Christ-centered and that he can refresh me for the new week. You know, Jesus is coming soon, brothers and sisters, and keeping the Sabbath is one of the best ways to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. Dr. Samuel Bakyoki, in one of his books, mentions that the Sabbath and the second coming, which are very integral to our church name, Seventh-day Adventist, he says that the Sabbath and the second coming have a common denominator. Both are an encounter with Jesus. The Sabbath is an encounter with Jesus in time. And the is an encounter with Jesus in space. But the first one is going to get us prepared for the second one. So as we keep the Sabbath, as we have that encounter with Jesus in time, we are getting prepared to meet him in space when he comes for the second time. May God bless us as we make this choice to enjoy the Sabbath like never before. That we can make reforms in our household. That we can make personal reforms. And we can enjoy the Sabbath like God planned it to be. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for allowing us to rediscover and review the Genesis account of the Sabbath. And to allowing us to acknowledge the superiority of the Sabbath. Sabbath is a special day. It's a special gift. And we thank you so much for it, Lord. And we want to share this gift with others that other people can know what they're missing. Dear God, help us to make reforms in our life if those are necessary so that we can really get the benefit that you want uh, for us as we keep the Sabbath. But more than keep the Sabbath, help us to experience the Sabbath, to live the Sabbath, to enjoy the Sabbath. Thank you for loving us so much and for allowing us among the billions of people that live on this earth to know this fantastic and marvelous truth of the Bible. We thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.